And a very good morning to you, Peter. How are you? Good morning, Melania. Fantastic this morning. Good morning to the listeners. Yes, how have Beautiful you been? Fantastic, actually. It's been a great week. Been nice and busy. Been all mm-hmm. over the place. Yes. Um, spent a couple of days up in East London. Wow. Um, so it's been a fantastic week. Been a fantastic Super. Week. Yes. So we've got... So to, looking, mm. forward to, looking forward to next weekend, which is Easter. Yes. So um, I thought we'd uh, chat a little bit about... Uh, Easter food, Easter weekend food. Mm. So I've kind of got three ideas, almost like a almost like a starter main and dessert kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So we'll start off with one of my all-time favorites. Um, I don't like to just use this at Easter time. It's actually a, an all-year-round thing, but it's very traditional, and that's pickled fish. Mm-hmm. Pickled fish has always been one of my favorites. Um, but I like to vary it up a little bit from the usual just to give it a little, a little twist and a little tweak. Um, one of the things I like to do is I like to use um, a different fish. Traditionally, everyone uses fried hake, mm-hmm. like a battered hake they put into, which I, which I find sometimes a little bit claggy and a little bit too doughy. So what I use is a yellowtail. So okay. There's beautiful yellowtail around at the moment. It really is a nice, firm flesh, kind of meaty fish. And it really, really soaks up the marinade quite nicely. So what I'll do is instead of, instead of uh, coaching in a batter and frying it, I will just um, dip it in a little bit of flour and then fry it in a pan. Or you can even do it on the braai for that matter. Get a nice smoky taste to it. And then you cook down your your, your, your curry your curry sauce, basically the same sort of recipe. I mean, there's probably as, there's probably as many recipes uh, out there in terms of, the, of that uh, curry base as there are, as there are suburbs in mm-hmm. the Cape. Everyone has their own version of what's the definitive mixture. I tend to use a little less vinegar than usual because I don't want to, I'm not really trying to preserve the fish as much. Mm-hmm. So my pickle is not quite as harsh. Um, and I find it so it's not as vinegary. And then again, I also don't, because I don't use as much vinegar, I don't use quite as much sugar. Yes. So the balance is still there, but it's not as, it's not as, acid, as acidic as, as, as is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I let it sit overnight. Ideally, it's, it's, it's the best done the day before you use it, although it's still perfectly palatable if you do it on the day. But I find that the, um, the, the yellowtail really soaks up those spices quite well. Um, and it's a case of, it's a case of it really gives it that lovely curried flavor. So I love using, I love using the, the yellowtail for, for my, um, for my pickled fish. Mm-hmm. Um, then for the main course, um, a slow cooked shoulder of lamb. Lamb is also another traditional kind of Easter, uh, Easter dish or mm-hmm. Easter ingredient. Um, and, and for me, a great way of doing shoulder again, it's the sort of thing you need to prepare in advance. Um, but it's one of those, literally leave in there put it in the oven and forget about so what i will do is i will put um i'd roughly chop vegetables some uh, carrots some onions some leeks some celery uh maybe a, a bulb of garlic and a, a couple of sprigs of uh, fresh rosemary and then i like i like using lamb shoulder it's a cheaper cut but it's also one of those cuts that on a long slow cook it's got a nice fat content so it stays nice and moist even if you cook it till it's ready to fall off the bone it still stays nice and moist mm-hmm. so what i do is I put the, the roughly chopped vegetables on the base of a roasting pan, put the shoulder on top, season it. I like to make a little, a couple of little pokes with a knife just so that the seasoning soaks in a little bit. There's actually an interesting recipe with, with lamb where people have, have poked in a little bit 
of uh, little pieces of anchovy mm-hmm. into the holes into the lamb. And what that does is the anchovy dissolves. So you don't have chunks of anchovy as yes. you cook. So the anchovy will, will literally disappear. But you have this lovely kind of saltiness to your, mm. to your, to your, to your leg or yeah. to your shoulder. So then I will use, generally I'll use red wine. But if you don't want to use alcohol, you can just use uh, a, a beef or chicken stock. So you're you're not covering the lamb, but there's a good at least a good centimeter at the bottom of the of the of the pan. Cover that in tin foil, and then what I like to do is I put it in an oven at about 150 degrees for two hours. But so what I tend to do is I tend to do it the night before I need it because after it's been in the oven two hours, I'll just switch the oven off mm-hmm. and leave it in the oven till the next day. So you'll get you get the two hours of the actually intense cooking time, but then as it slowly cools down, you know it, it takes an oven a good two or three hours before it actually cools down. Yes. So you get a longer cooking time, but at a lower temperature. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that the next morning when you take it out, you can literally pull the bones out of the out of the um, uh, of the actual shoulder itself. So you can either have it quite chunky or you can shred it up depending on how you like eating it. And then what I use is all the juices that are left in the pan from either the stock or, or the wine. I use that. I'll strain that off and thicken that up as a, for, with, with a little bit of mazina for a nice little gravy, mm. which you can either serve as a sauce separately or if you're going to shred up the lamb, you can actually pour that gravy into the shredded lamb. keeps it nice and moist. Mm. It actually makes a stunning pie filling. Um, especially if you pour that that mixture, that liquid back into it. Mm-hmm. So that's another. And then, of course, whatever the vegetables. My favorite thing, I have to say, though, which I make every Easter, is hot cross buns. Oh, yes. Uh, it's very, very easy to rush out and make them and buy them yourself. Every supermarket seems to have them all year round these days. Mm-hmm. But yes. it's actually quite an easy thing to make. It's not a, it's not a particularly difficult dough. It's doesn't take hours to rise and it's actually quite fun to make especially if you've got kids get them involved in the actual making of the dough it really is quite a simple a simple yeast dough that's just got a little bit of spice to it it's got a little bit of cinnamon cinnamon and nutmeg in it Mm -hmm. and obviously it's got all the dried fruit the raisins and the sultanas and obviously the the mixed peel so it's quite an easy easy dough to make it really doesn't require any any great uh, baking skills apart from if you can bake bread you can make hot cross buns yes it's quite a rudimentary dough that just lets and you let it come up um and then the the, the cross themselves is just a it's just a mixture of of of, of flour and water really mm-hmm. um that you pipe on the top and and to glaze them and there's something as fantastic as, as hot cross buns are there's nothing quite as delicious as hot cross buns that you've made yourself that just come right out the oven mm, the hot yeah. Yeah. oh no for me it's, it's, <laughs> it's my it's my one weakness yes. you know i'm trying to steer clear of carbs but mm. unfortunately uh, in come easter time i have to make hot cross buns it's just one of those things yes. and so i always tend to uh, always get calls from people and reminders and, and, and visitors because I always bake big batches of them. So I always got far more than I can eat. And people remember, um, I always get messages that you, you wouldn't happen to be baking a few hot cross buns tomorrow, would you? Yes. Um, I, I've done it so, I mean, I do it so, I mean, religiously is a free mm-hmm. pun to say I do it every Easter. But I mean, so much so that we, the one one year we lived in a house that didn't have an oven and I actually cooked them on the Weber. Mm-hmm. That's oh, how wow. I'm about making 
a hot cross bun. So, so there's no excuse for not doing them while you're on holiday just because you don't, you're not at home in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's quite a cool thing to do if you're going away for the weekend is to make your own hot cross buns. And then topping, you know, topping is, I, I quite like a little savory filling to mine. Um, mm-hmm. Although I have to say just hot salted butter is actually all you ever need on hot cross buns but i like um i like a little bit of grated cheese on mine mm. i like that kind of sweet and savory kind of vibe that that works when you've got a nice sort of mature cheddar so you've got that lovely sort of saltiness from the cheddar and then you've got the sweetness from the from the fruit and the glaze on the buns and it makes a nice kind of combo of sweet and sour but those people who do like it just sweet you can put jam on it you can drizzle chocolate over mm. it you can have it with nice whipped cream it really is a kind of dessert on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are those are my kind of three ideas for a nice sumptuous um, Easter meal, which you can have sort of throughout the weekend. It doesn't have to be one set meal that you have on on a particular day. The nice thing about all three dishes is that if you make them sort of before the Easter weekend, mm-hmm. all three will last the entire weekend. You know, the pickled fish will last the days, and you can keep revisiting the shredded lamb. Um, and of course, you know, there's nothing better than a uh, kind of lone leftover hot cross bun that's two days old that's toasted under the mm, grill, delicious. you know, just to bring it back to life. Yes. Uh, the other thing which makes a fantastic dessert, if you've got a few hot cross buns left over, mm-hmm. is to make a bread and butter pudding using hot cross buns. Oh, wow. That is nice. another treat, which is a you know, when you've got a, there's always a few left. Although I say there's always a few left over, there never seems to be any left over at my house. <laughs> but if you do find yourself with a couple left over, five or six, they make the most amazing um, uh, bread and butter pudding. Yeah, Just right. sliced up, a little bit of butter on them, a touch of I like to put a little bit of apricot jam on them, and then a simple custard of of eggs, sugar, and and milk, and you literally just whip it all up. Put in the oven and just bake it till the just till the custard sets. Yeah. Again, quite a low temperature, about 150 degrees, probably only for about 20 or 30 minutes, just so the custard sets. Yes. The nice thing is, if you're going a, a secret to any bread and butter pudding, funnily enough, whether it's a hot cross bun one, whether you make it with leftover croissants or whatever you make it with, mm-hmm. it's always nice if you can and have the, 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 the forethought of planning is to let it sit in the fridge overnight in the custard so wow. that the bread really soaks up the mm. custard. So if you're, you're able to, to make it the day before or the evening before, then the, that bread, that, that custard really permeates the, 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 whatever, your, whatever your bread is that you're using and it just makes for a more custody kind of bread and butter pudding, which is mm. always a treat. Well, Peter, you have so shared we beautiful. Eggs, but mm. those are, those will be my treats for the Easter weekend. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm feeling hungry suddenly. Uh, all these beautiful <laughs> recipes and treats that you are sharing. And yes, let's not forget the Easter eggs. Oh, my gosh. Also, lover of chocolate. Mm. Yes. So, wow. Who well, doesn't love a good egg? Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing those fantastic recipes, yes. delicious treats. And uh, we'll catch up again. Yes. And for those of you who are going over next week, next mm-hmm. weekend or over these holidays, Take it easy on the roads. Make sure you get enough rest. Make sure you stop if you're tired. You know, you want to have a festive Easter and don't want to be a nasty traffic statistic. So take it easy over the Easter weekend and have a great time. Until we see you all again, may the source be with you. Lovely. Chat to you again. Bye, Peter.